0: Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Anybody enjoying our three-week sermon series on the Sabbath? Good. My biggest takeout so far is that we wouldn't dream of breaking the Ten Commandments. I mean, I might say a little white lie sometimes or might nick a pen from work and bring it home. But you wouldn't murder somebody, would you? And yet, the the, the Sabbath, we we tend to just kind of overlook it a bit and and don't follow it. And, And yet it says in commandment number four, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Work six days and do everything you need to do. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to God, your God. Don't do any work, not you, not your son, nor your daughter, your servant, wish I had one, your maid, well, kind of got one, nor your animals, (laughs) not even the foreign guests visiting in your town. For in six days, God made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath and he set it apart as a holy day. God gave us a day off. It's good for us. And yet, I'm not even going to ask you to put your hands up. I wonder how many of us actually take a whole day off every week and call it our Sabbath day of rest. It's really it's challenged me to the core. So come on, Joss, let's have you for your last part. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything that this man of God has heard from you to bring to us. And we pray this morning that you anoint his lips Lord, that we would receive again, that we would take this stuff into our hearts, apply it to our lives so that we can be changed. Bless him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Super. So. It's been fun so far, hasn't it? Remember saying we light candles at the beginning of Sabbath. And uh, traditionally, the as I think I've said already, do it just to repeat, Jews normally light two. One is to remember, and one is to keep. And so they light two candles at the beginning of Sabbath, which is normally for them on a Friday at sunset until Saturday at sunset. And that's when I tend to, personally, that's when I kind of tend to do things um, for a lot of people, though, Sunday is the day that they um, Sabbath. And Sabbath, as we've been discussing, is part of the rhythms of a good Christian life. It's an instruction. It's not, as we talked about, the very first week. If you haven't uh, listened to the messages before, they are all online now. Um, But Sabbath is is a compulsory, actually. Uh, We're not sort of offered the option as Christians to do it. Um, But it's part of this rhythm of Christian life in the same way as fasting is. And so it's nice that we're doing a couple of these Christian rhythms um, and things that should be part of our every everyday sort of Christian living. Uh, the very first week, we spoke about being um, that we uh, we are still, be still. And we talked about the fact that we are free. So it was be still, be free. The week after, we said that we... We feast on the word. That was last week. We feast on the word. We feast on him. We draw near to him and he draws near to us. And so we be full. Be full is the instruction there. And that when we draw near to God and he draws near to us, it it sort of begins us to see the, the awesomeness of God and everything he's done and it leads to gratitude. And so overflow in gratitude. Be overflowing. Because as we Sing, one of the wonderful things in the Bible is it talks about the fact that God sings over us. He rejoices over us. How lovely is that? And um, this week, we're going to be looking at delight. Taking delight. Be delighted. It's like the opposite of fasting in that way. So that's quite good, isn't it? Before the fast, <laughs> we get to the, the next week or two, you can practice delighting, which is going to be good. Um... Or, well, yeah, not, not, not long, I suppose. Um, anyway, so delight is the subject of today. Um, the, uh, I love what Timothy Keller said. Uh, it was, um, he says, because the world is full of ugly things, we need the Sabbath to feed our soul with beauty. Mm-hmm. Sabbath is about absorbing and drawing beauty out of the world. In the beginning... In Genesis two two. It says that God ceased from all His work, and He said it was good. It was very good, and then He blessed the seventh day, because on it He rested from all the work of creating He had done. He blessed this seventh day and rested. And what God did is He just took a a, a sit back. if You can. Sit back if you have gone. And just admired his own handiwork. I like the way that God says it was good amongst himself. Like, you know, you just got Father, Son, and Spirit there going, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, done, we've done a good job there. Yeah, we've done a great job there. <laughs> and it's the same for us. As we've said, we're made in his image, and so we do things that we see God doing. And so we stop him. We're able to take appreciation for some of the things that We've done some things you've done in the week. Who, like, um, I don't know, bakes? Somebody enjoy baking in the room. You know, you, you, you sort of, you, 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 once it's done and you've made it and it looks good and everything else, before people come and devour it and chop it up, and it, you can sort of take satisfaction in it being made, can't you? If you, on a, uh, I don't know, you cut the lawn, you mow the lawn, and it's a bit, it's a bit wild, You exert your sort of God-given authority to rule and reign in the world, and you mow the lawn. uh, But then you can take satisfaction, can't you, in what's been done? And so we take satisfaction. We take delight in our work. Able to sit back and say, I've done something good. And sometimes we have something to show for it physically. Sometimes we have money to show for it, and that can go into other things that we can take delight in. But we take delight in our work. On Sabbath, we look for what is good, beautiful, and true. We rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. It's to take joy, to be joyful. Joyful is a feeling, but it's also like a condition and a discipline, isn't it? You know, it's easy to let days go by without taking joy. And that's why Sabbath is a day set apart for taking joy. It's a day where we deliberately take joy and take delight. Um, One of the um, sort of, it's it's kind of a modern term, but it's not a modern idea in any way. It's just uh, the modern term is um, is called pleasure stacking. Um, And psychiatrists might talk about, psychologists or counselors or whatever, and it's when we sort of like have delayed gratification, and we sort of have a bunch of things we're going to do together, so like on Friday, I'm going to get fish and chips, I'm going to watch a movie, and I'm just going to like eat ice cream until it's coming out of my ears, you know, that idea, they sort of like we hold a few things together, or when we're going to go on holiday, we're going to go on holiday, we're going to take a few days off. We're going to enjoy great food, great company, reading a book that I've been wanting to read for ages. Do you know what I mean? We put these things and we, and we pleasure stack. It's called pleasure stacking. So we have something to look forward to and we have a bunch of things to look forward to. The wonderful thing about Sabbath is that God's rhythm is that you do that every week. That you pleasure stack through the week You can think, I'm, I'm a bit, so that gives you six days You know, Tuesday's a bit busy, then got a church meeting on Wednesday evening. Thursday night, you think I've got to do a couple more extra bit of work and some emails and things. But there is a day that the Lord has set apart. And on that day, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do the other thing. And I'm not going to feel guilty about any of it. In fact, I'm going to take delight in all of it. Isn't that wonderful? We have a whole day every week. Some people, when you're at work and you're and things, and, people, and you, you might be at the school gates or whatever else, people are already talking about, you know, summer holidays that have just been, and they can't wait for the next holiday. Oh, the next time when we get to just still sort of relax. Not us. Not you. Not you, child of God. Every week. Every single week you get to do that. You get to sit back and enjoy and take delight in all that God has done, all the things that you have done. And we're going to talk about some of those ways that we can pleasure stack and what some of those look like. So um, Ecclesiastes, one of those exciting books, one of those little books when you first get saved, you read and you think, oh, my goodness, (laughs) <laughs> what has gone off here, this person needs some medication or something, I don't know, he's just not a happy chap, um, but anyway, the uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, often known as a book of sorrows, but it's, um, they don't know who necessarily wrote it, but they think um, potentially um, Solomon, but anyway, Ecclesiastes 1.1 says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless, Jesus, however, oh no, I'll come to that in a meaningless, now, that's, that's sort of like the person that you don't want to meet first thing on a Monday morning, isn't it? You know when you've got sort of like meetings Monday morning or whatever else, or you've got sort of jobs thing, you're thinking, is that one person? I'm going to be like, oh, no. Just any joy that I did have, I'm already, it's Monday, I'm trying to get through this. Any joy that I had, they're going to be like a joy sponge. <laughs> Just suck it right out of me. <laughs> meaningless, meaningless, everything Meaningless. And here, the word meaning actually that this word that they have for meaningless, hevel, in um, in, in in the Hebrew, it's um, actually translated in other translations as like vapor or mist, and that's kind of I don't know if I would say it's better, but it is certainly uh, another translation of the word, and it's this idea that it's it's hard to get a hold of, it's it's sort of it's 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 intangible, it's it's difficult to grasp, and it seems to be. Um, to, to move away, and every time you try to get it, it gets away from you. That's the idea that life is just this, it's, an, it's a hard thing. It's an enigma. It's an enigma. And then he says in 11, uh, verse 11, No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Ooh, you know, um, <clears throat> So you've got this thing, but I love this nowadays. I used to hate this book, actually. Nowadays, I really like this book, because I actually like, I understand it a bit more. Like, as you get older, you start to understand, like, yes, something, you know, life just seems to fly past, and you think, what's the meaning of all this? It's so hard. I used to hate the Psalms, I'll be honest. I used to think, David, I was like, what a moaner. He just moans all the time. He's written a load. Has he not got his own idea? You know, he's written it, and then God comes and rescues me. Just read your own psalm again, mate. You've, you've covered this once. <laughs> but now I, I'm kind of having a few more years under my belt. I kind of get it. Life's hard. And has ups and downs, and, we, and, we, and, and, and David's sort of authenticity and vulnerability I really understand and appreciate these days. Anyway, this idea that, um, that life is meaningless. So what does he then come to the conclusion of? You're like, come on, Jos, you're depressing me. Um, so this is where Ecclesiastes ends or goes in, ver- in chapter 5, verse 18, 20. This is what I have observed to be good. That is appropriate for a person to eat. And to drink and to find satisfaction in their labor under the sun during the days of life God has given them. For this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. <clears throat> to eat, to drink, and to take satisfaction. I also love about this, it talks about wealth and possessions. Who here has wealth and possessions? Everybody. Right? We all do. We all have stuff. You're all wearing stuff. You've all brought stuff in. You've probably arrived in stuff. And you're going to go home to even more stuff. We'll come back to the food and drink in a minute. But this idea of wealth and possessions, what I really enjoyed about this idea is that he says that God gives them wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them. Who here really, at one time, really wanted something? Like their first car, maybe, whatever it might be. Really wanted something. But when you had it, yeah, kind of like, yeah, it's just ordinary. That's all of us, right? That's the human condition, I think. So taking delight in the things that we have is so important. And Sabbath is a time when we stop, we rest, and we take delight in everything God has given us. Everything we have is a gift from God to take delight in. It's so easy to not to. I think um, the Rockefeller guy, who's a billionaire and a and a, um, and a reporter once said, "When how much money is enough?" And his answer was just a little bit more. (laughs) Just a little bit more. How much money is enough? Just a little bit more. This is a guy who was the, I think he was the first billionaire. Crazy, isn't it? But that's us, isn't it? That's all of us. And that's half the time what drives us. So being able to Sabbath is being able to stop and it's being able to take delight in the stuff that we have. Saying, thank you, Lord. I have this. I have a garden. (laughs) I have a mower to mow the garden, or not, whatever it may be. I've got a pen and paper, and I can write something that has meaning to me or others. Taking delight in our stuff. Sabbath is about, it's kind of countercultural. It's countercultural to take delight. Because taking delight, let me just point out this very succinct difference. Hedonism is when we are taking delight in the things of man and the things of the flesh and replacing God with those things. Taking delight is with God absolutely front and center, being grateful and saying, all of this, everything you have made is good. I am good. My family, my church family is good. You have made good things and I'm going to take delight in them. So it comes from a completely different spirit. But the media and the things around us in the world, in fact, um, John Mark Comer said that the, that the media doesn't actually foremost lean left or right. Often we'll say, oh, you know, that's a bit left bias, or this sort of outlet, that, well, they're right-leaning. And uh, depending on your p- political persuasion, you might hate one and love the other or whatever. But he said, actually, that almost all media really, fir- fir- uh, first and foremost, points downwards. Media is negative is to make us look down, is to depress, to point out everything that's bad in the world. And so what we do on Sabbath is exactly the opposite. We look up, we look out, and we look for all the things that is good in the world. Are you with me? Great. Taking delight is about togetherness, friends, family. The very first thing in the Bible that was not good was loneliness. It is not good for man to be alone. Do you know, and this is really important, that was before the fall. That was when God and man had a perfect, in inverted commas, connection and relationship. And even then, Because some people will say, oh, well, Jesus is enough. Jesus will always be enough. That's not true. It wasn't in the beginning, and it won't be in the end. There's actually made us for relationship. Because we're made in his image, and I've said this at the very beginning. Because all of this comes out of of us being image bearers. We're made in his image, and he is not alone. He is in unity and communion with himself. And so we are made for community with one another. And so it's not good for us to be alone. And Sabbath is a time that we can take delight in being with others. Because two are better than one, as Ecclesiastes also says. See, Ecclesiastes, eh? Coming out punching today. You're going to be like, I'm going to read that book. I always thought it was a rubbish one, but I'm convinced it might have something in it. Um, <laughs> it's the one that gets quoted at <laughs> weddings all the time. Um, so How? Well, one of the things we can do, very practical, let's get practical for a minute. The thing is to do is have Sabbath meals. Have a, have a meal on a Sabbath. That's traditionally what Jews did. They, they ate because we all love eating. And so they would light a candle. And then they would, um, quite often what people do is they'll put aside their worries and concerns. Maybe they'll have a little box and they'll write down some, some worries, concerns, things that are, that are on their mind and maybe plaguing their soul at that time that they need to set aside for Sabbath. And they'll put those in a box going to do that this evening and distractions nowadays a lot of people will put away things like their phone and put those in a box you can do that or not do that it's up to you but certainly for me one of my sabbath rhythms is i don't scroll i still use my phone actually for me personally but i forbid myself from scrolling (laughs) and then we feast we have fellowship one of the things that they do is something called Danu, which is like a Jewish thing that's been going on for like a thousand odd years, some of these songs. And it's songs of gratitude. And they sing this song like, um, if God had only um, rescued us from Egypt, that would have been enough. But he didn't. He provided manna. And then it goes on to, the, there's loads of these verses, and they'll say, and if God had only provided manna, it would have been enough. But he didn't. He gave us the law. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And it's the idea of this Daniel is like, it would have been enough is what the word kind of means. It would have been sufficient. So you do this thing of gratitude you can share around the table. Like, this happened this week, and that would have been enough. But then also this happened. What a wonderful thing, eh? To take delight. Sing. Dance, play, board games. They're not just for Christmas, you know? They're not just when everyone can't move because they've had so much Christmas turkey that actually are board games all they can do because they can't leave the table yet. Um, you can play board games at other times. Can play, can dance. Who likes dancing? Ali loves dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the secret. It's maybe a bit of an open secret, I'm not sure. Don't want to uncover him unduly here as the senior leader, but um, he does love a dance. And, um, <clears throat> and, uh, but I, 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 I would happen to guess that he probably doesn't dance every week. Maybe he does. Okay, will probably tell us maybe one day. But, um, but to take joy in those things. I love to dance, by the way. Everyone's like, oh, man, I knew he was weird. Um, I do. I love to dance, and I don't do it enough, and it's one of the things I've been thinking about that I'm going to start doing again. I danced for years until I was, like, 19, I danced. And, um, and uh, dancing is just a wonderful thing to do. Singing, it's a great thing to do. If you're anywhere near me, basically I sing all the time. Um, yeah, often probably inappropriate moments. I, yeah, granted. But <clears throat> I enjoy singing and playing and sabbath is about taking delight in these things and it's about sharing our tables we share our tables and we we as we refresh others so you'll be refreshed the bible says and so sabbath we can open our tables to increase our group our friendship groups i know people here better because i've been round the table with them simon and sarah sean and, uh, and emma you know, people who I've spent time with around the table, I feel like, oh, I get to know them. I understand them a bit. I get, I get them. And so we gather, we gather around the table. Nehemiah, when they'd found the book of the law, they read the book of the law, and everyone was like, wow, this is amazing. We've sort of missed all of this. And they hear the, the Old Testament, the, the Torah being read, and they're so excited, all the, all the Israelites. And then the, the instruction is, go away and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. And send some to others who maybe don't have as much. This idea of sharing, enjoying good food and good drink. I would also suggest maybe that Sabbath, sometimes you open your table, sometimes you keep your table a bit more closed. Invite soulmates, you know, those people who really get you, you can be totally and openly vulnerable with. Because we all have those as well. So do a bit of both. Anyway, um, another thing that happens sometimes you get this idea of Sabbath sadness. Sometimes people get to the Sabbath, they stop, they relax, and they're like, oh, and they're like, I don't know, I just feel a bit, hmm, a bit down. And that's sometimes you've got a Sabbath sadness. It's like all the stuff you've been running away from throughout the week, the stuff that's been there just have the moment to catch up with you. That's fine. Put it in a box. Write it down. Put it in a box. Pray about it. Ask Jesus about it. But don't feel guilty about that. That's just some of these things that happen. Another way that we can take delight is to be sensual. We are sensual beings. God has made us. In fact, one of the things that God says about himself is taste and see. That ain't good, right? Not just listen and use your logic. (laughs) There's a a sensuality about it. And for those who are married, there's lots of things to enjoy. Proverbs 5, 18 to 19 says, May your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breasts satisfy you always. May you be intoxicated with her love. And we have a whole book in the Bible, Song of Songs. If you've never read it, read it. It's just, it's great, um, but it's sensual. It's deeply sensual. It's like the guy talking about how beautiful his darling is. Her eyes behind her veil are like doves. His, her lips are like scarlet ribbon. Her mouth is lovely. Her breasts are like two fawns. Got to think for breasts. But the... Um, <coughs> But, you know, he's describing her in sensual ways because he's like, wow. And then she's the same. My beloved is radiant and ruddy. Love that. Outstanding among 10,000 men. This guy would have been like, hey. That's me. Um, his hair purest gold. His hair wavy and black as a raven. Then she talks about his legs are like pillars of marble. It's good. It's good. <laughs> what the ladies are like. My husband, pillars of my... Anyway, but you know, you get the idea. It's essentially the describing the feasting of their eyes on each other. How beautiful you are. How pleasing, my love, with your delights. A bit later, it says, your stature is like that of a palm tree. Your breasts are like clusters. I told you, breasts are like clusters of fruit. And I said, I'll climb that palm tree and I'll take hold of its fruit. And here they're talking, describing, making love. And it's beautiful. And that's part of... Sabbath, taking delight. In fact, the Talmud, some Jewish teaching, which has been used by Jews and has been for thousands of years, um, the Talmud actually is, instructs to have sex on a Friday evening. Amen. amen. Say well, yeah. Everyone say amen. Great. That's it. Friday night. We light a few candles. <laughs> Stick on that playlist but it's taking delight it's taking delight in each other those that are not married in fact this same book says do not awaken love before the right time this is a thing for marriage but there's loads of other ways to enjoy your body, run, swim jump, do, climb things be adventurous, some of the things you won't get to do as much when you're married maybe you know so there's lots of things you can do See, Ali, Ali, that's all he did. Before, before him and Kate got together, he was just a mountain climbing, skiing, base jumping adrenaline junkie. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> the images are now. No, come on, Joss, get your head in the game. Um, anyway, so yeah, so the idea of taking delight in our bodies. Our bodies are sensual, and they're sensual because they've been made by God to be sensual. The church for too long has actually put a, a kibosh on this stuff, and has down-talked this. Anything sensual is sin. That is the exact opposite. It's godly. Godly first. You can misuse stuff. Of course you can. You can misuse anything. But it's godly first. And I would say for those who are, who are married, to not lose sexual intimacy to not lose some of the things that brings. In fact, sexual activity uh, uh, further elevates, uh, this is a a quote from some research, elevates oxytocin levels for both men and women, increasing intimacy between partners. And this is interesting. Oxytocin also, also makes you feel closer to your mate and prevents you from becoming closer to other potential mates, helping to maintain fidelity. This is not Christian. This is just some research, you know. Endorphins help in long-term relationships. They help soothe and their natural painkillers. Oxytocin does things to remove cortisol and stress and anxiety levels. These are good for us. And the Bible says, do not deprive each other except by mutual consent for a time, so that it may devote yourself to prayer, or maybe in a time of fasting, for example, that we were going to have. Then come together again so t- Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So, the Bible says, don't don't deprive each other of this stuff. And make sure you get together again quickly for the same reason as this research. It increases fidelity. The Bible literally says it, right? The Bible's obviously always a step ahead. So, men, woo your women. Women, woo your men. And enjoy, take delight. Also let's take delight in creation in all the things god's created i love to go this is i came to faith partly because i lived in scotland and i loved going hill walking being out in the mountains it's where i just was confronted with god everywhere i looked i couldn't help but think if they if everybody tries to convince me that all this is one big massive accident and the universe was made they must think i'm mad that's literally the conclusion i came to i was like it has to be a god i was i was quite happy about it not being the Christian God at that time. In fact, actually, if anything, I wanted it to be something that I thought might be cooler. Um, but I was convinced, in there was something behind it. And when we get out in creation, we see Psalm 8, 3 to 4. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set into place. Who is mankind that you are mindful of us? That artistry of God. He's the artist of the universe. You can't help but pick up a flower. One of the things I do when I go out with groups of guys sometimes on the hills and things is pick up a flower, pick up anything and just look at it. Just really look at it for a minute. And just see how it's been made. And you're just like, man. He did all of that. When I was out the other day, I asked God to help me take delight in things. And And I was just walking past this really big lake and it was yeah, reservoir actually, and it was and it was just still as a mill pond. And you know how you get that reflection of the mountain on the other side? It reflects perfectly in the lake. And I was like, Wow, God, you're so good that you've made water reflective. So I could take delight in like seeing this the the mountains even reflect in it. I see them twice. Like, well, he didn't have to do that. He chose to do it. So we can take delight. God surrounds himself with beauty constantly. The temple, if you ever look at how the instructions to make the temples, and the, uh, it was furnished with gold and these lush curtains and accessories, and there was get-ups for all the, all the people who worked in there. They all had snazzy outfits. Because God surrounds himself with things that are beautiful. He enjoys artistry. That's why we have artistic elements to every one of us. Some of us have, may have them more hidden than others, perhaps. <laughs> I know sometimes I like, when I try and do pictionary, oh my word. <clears throat> yeah, I'm always looking for some sort of interpretation. Uh, it's like it's like It's I've just sort of like, it's, my pictionary is a bit like tongues. It's like I've drawn tongues. It's just like, <laughs> I don't even know what I've drawn. I'm like, yep, anyone? Anyone? Um, so yeah, so some people have different skills. But use those Sabbath take delight in those different things. Take delight in all the ways that you can. There's a lady called Marva J. Dawn, and she wrote Keeping the Sabbath. And she says this, Observing the Sabbath gives us the opportunity to be as careful as we can, to fill our lives with beauty, and to share beauty with the world around us. When we observe a day especially set apart for beauty, all the rest of life is made more beautiful. In a larger sense, the whole practice of Sabbath keeping makes me feel more beautiful and that's maybe slightly flowery language but i get it and i feel it when i sabbath we're out of time so i'm just going to finish up with very quickly with a few more thoughts if i invited you around for dinner and i made a really nice dinner three courses candle on and just some time for us to chill out together and then said, okay, right, well, we've, you've got five minutes. If you want to just eat that and go, that'd be great. But, you know, delight, take delight. You'd find that hard, right? You can't hurry up and take delight. We talk about savoring the moment, don't we? Hurry is the thief of delight. And so on Sabbath, we do the opposite. We slow down. And over these last three weeks, hopefully, you've had the opportunity to start thinking about slowing down. Honoring God by Sabbathing. By stopping. Being still. Choosing to adopt this Christian godly principle that's been there since the beginning. Instructed throughout and will be there at the very end. We align ourselves with God We align ourselves with each other. I have a few guidelines for myself. And so my question to you is, what would be your guidelines? What are going to be your Sabbath guidelines? Not rules. It's not religion. As Jesus said, Sabbath was made for man and not man the Sabbath. So what's going to be the things you do from here on? And here's a little thing. We practice Sabbath because it takes practice. There's no condemnation in Christ. You're going to find it hard, actually. I found it really hard. So, remember, it's a practice. You're learning. Some of us have maybe not Sabbath, and we've been a Christian 40 years. and We're going to learn to Sabbath, to take delight, to glorify God, to worship Him, to feast on His Word, and all these things. Here's the things that I do. I won't work. I won't scroll. I reduce my phone use to study only and connecting with friends. I will rest. Sleep, nap, slumber, a lot of sleeping. <laughs> I will read the word or a book that feeds my soul. I'll practice gratitude. I'll enjoy nature. I'll eat great food. I'll seek time with friends. I'll expand friendship. I'll spend time playing. I'll spend time being creative. And I will drag my heels to savor the flavors of life. And so <laughs> and so, when people ask me often, people often ask you things, such and such, are you busy or are you too busy? I can honestly answer people and I say that, no, I'm not too busy. I'm not too busy. I deliberately have a life that isn't busy. It's full. I, live a, I want to live a full life because God and Christ came to give his life through its fullness, but not a busy one. And this is my own mantra, that I'll drag my heels to savor the flavors of life. So where are going to be the areas that God touches you over this series where he asks you perhaps to do the same what was going to be the things that you start to put in place where have you found tension over the last three weeks with some of the, the thoughts and ideas where you need to get ministry maybe you have prayer people stand with you say I need to see breakthrough in this area I don't know if I can take delight we're going to stand and we're going to sing in just a moment so if you'd like to stand that would be great <clears throat> but over the last three weeks perhaps the idea of stopping you're dealing with maybe you fighting guilt for that maybe when we've talked about friendship you feel lonely the verse for today in the Bible reading plan was that God puts the lonely in family if that's you then we'd like you to come forward and receive prayer perhaps you've lost the ability to play and take delight when you're depressed the world's black and white Delight really seeing the world in color. So I come forward for prayer during this next song. Maybe you struggle with sexual intimacy. Perhaps it's been attached to shame. I know for me, for a long time, it was attached to shame and it was difficult to enjoy. And sometimes you've just lost passion. Come forward for prayer. Maybe you've just this whole series you've thought, I want to do this, Lord, but I just want your help. Come forward in this song for prayer.